0: Welcome to another episode of Thick and Thin Hoops, where ball is always life. I'm your host Karthik here with my
1: co-host Nitin. What's good, Nathan? What's up, man? We're back second time uh, in two days, and I'm ready to slam the under on the Brooklyn Nets. I couldn't, I cannot <laughs> believe I took the over after what we just saw.
0: Yeah, I know you're Mr. You know overreaction over here. I'm sure uh, a lot of things you took away from that game, including. I'm guessing probably going to pick Giannis for MVP if I had to take a guess.
1: Giannis MVP, bucks to repeat. I mean, (laughs) they looked really, really good. They looked exactly like a team that's coming off a chip and kept their entire core intact. They did, and this is what we expected,
0: right? I think we talked about it yesterday. Like, this is not a team that's going to rest on its laurels. Giannis came out hungry, looked good. Um, They all played well, so I I don't know. It's... It's only one game out of 82, but things are already looking
1: promising for the start of the season for the Bucks. And the off-the-court news that I'm sure would have you potentially looking at changing your pick is the fact that Ben Simmons was booted out of Sixers practice today and will be suspended for tomorrow. So we didn't really even know how that was going to shake. I don't know that we had the game one suspension on our bingo cards.
0: That tweet by Shams was was an all-timer where it ends up he just dropped the ball and left. And it's it's going to get memed so much on Reddit and everywhere, but it could not have started worse for my Sixers over pick. But
1: I think they the whole thing, you know, in hindsight, it's like this was obviously going to happen. And so even bringing him back or him deciding to show up, apparently he's not even talking to people in the hallways like security guards will say hi to him and he'll just walk by them this is like an eighth grade situation, um, which is ironic because Tobias Harris said yesterday that this isn't going to be a bunch of eighth graders. They're grown men playing basketball. And here we are right back to the playground. Yeah. I, it's, I guess that
0: he had to do it, right? He had to show up, get fined, get suspended. But he's not even getting paid.
1: So it's like, what is he doing? Like, I don't know. He should have at least played good soldier enough to get the money like released that they have an escrow. And then he can kind of go back to what he wants to do. But, The fact that he showed up like this on day one, like Rich Paul could not be steering this guy more poorly. And ultimately, it's probably going to end up in him getting traded. So maybe that's, you know, that's the end goal no matter what. But does he really want to spend the next four years of his career toiling away in Orlando or San Antonio or something like that? He literally has a chance to play for a title. Maybe (laughs) Sacramento. Maybe Sacramento. I can't believe you don't want him. For, no, for I told you I'd, I'd have him.
0: No, no, no Fox or Halliburton. I'd, I'd give up Buddy Bagley. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'd, I'd give up Damian. Davis Bertans and Thomas Bryant, too. Oh, come like, on.
0: But, I'm, I'm talking about Buddy. I'm talking about Bagley, the former number two pick. And I'm talking about Davion Mitchell, the yeah, potential Bagley defensive of, player of the year.
1: Bagley of recent, I'm not going to be in the rotation anymore fame um, that came out earlier tonight. So I'm sure his trade value is just about <laughs> as high as Ben Simmons' as is. But um, but anyway, so we're here to do the Western Conference over-unders and go through our awards and title predictions. So right now, it's halftime. As we record, it's halftime of Lakers-Warriors. Um, LeBron and AD look fucking good. Um, they're both off to scorching starts. Westbrook looks awful. Westbrook looks disastrous. As uh, They're playing him off-ball with him and Rondo. They played that backcourt, and I was like this is the worst possible outcome if that's the way they're going to use them this year. But
0: this, yeah,
1: they, this is not it. Whatever, whatever they're doing with Westbrook right now is not it. I mean, it takes him half a season usually to find his footing. And that was at least what recent history has been. So we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, first half, you know, extrapolating, extrapolating over the next 163 halves after this, I'm not sure I like what I see with this fit, but if LeBron and AD, you know, are healthy and they're, they're, engaged which it seems like they would be this team's going to be great. So 80
0: stroking that little mid-range again that you know he had going in the bubble so that yeah. you know it's if he can keep this up and he looks like this all season they may not be stoppable no matter how Westbrook plays. So
1: Yeah, not been seen since uh the wild world of Disney. Um <laughs> all the way back. A Disney was the last time we got this version <laughs> of him. So <laughs> Um all right, so let's get started with the Western Conference. Same drill as last time. We'll alternate uh Teams, um, and then three locks, right? So three locks for conference. As a reminder, my three locks. Yesterday, Hawks over, Pacers over, Knicks over. Yours were Hornets under, Pacers over, and Knicks over. So we'll see how many we match up on this time. First team is the Dallas Mavericks, who last year played an epic seven-game series versus the Clippers, lost to them for the second year in a row in round one. Their over is 48-and-a-half, They didn't make a ton of changes. Uh, The big real addition or change was bringing in Reggie Bullock, sending out Josh Richardson. Other than that, it's effectively the same team. Um, I think, you know, Luka, there's a lot of conversation about going after Lowry, going after Dragic. You know, so far they have come up empty-handed as the Mavericks have done in so many straight free agency bonanzas. So that being said, they do have Luka. They they do have KP. They re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. So, Where are you at 48 and a half? Give me the under. I think they're returning 12 players from last
0: season. There's continuity. I think this is still the same roster. I think they're going to be defensively challenged. And I just don't know if their offense is going to be Like their offense was last couple of years, one of the more elite offenses in the league. I don't know if I trust Jason Kidd, his philosophy. He's had some, some interesting quotes this off season about how he wants them to shoot fewer threes. Um, something that made them really deadly the last couple of years. And ultimately, kid, he's never had a team top 44 wins. Now, granted, he may not have, never have had a superstar like Luka. I mean, I know he had Giannis, but early in Giannis' career. Um, he's He carries a safe floor, but I just don't know if he's the guy to take you to the next level. And this Dallas team is looking to go to the next level. And at the same time, if they start slow, KP's not playing well. That's a prime candidate for him to get traded. Um, I could see them moving him, trying to move him. And so all that uncertainty does not have me feeling good about them getting close to 50 wins. I think they're still a playoff team. Luka's still amazing, but 48 and a half, that forty-nine fifty is a lot to ask. Give me the under.
1: Great start to the podcast. I'm going over. Um, And as I put over down, I have to admit, I forgot that Jason Kidd was a coach, (laughs) and now I really regret doing so. But, you know, ultimately, I think... If you go back and look at poor Zingis's season last year, as maligned as he was, especially defensively, he still put up 21-9 and coming off the meniscus tear. By all accounts, he's much healthier right now, and I think he's actually been one of the problems and one of the reasons he left New York is he, his star got a little too bright, even for himself and like the player he actually was. I think the last couple of years have really kind of deflated his head a little bit. Um, and he understands his hierarchy in the league as much as he may not like the way Luca centric offense works in Dallas. He knows Luca a different tier. He's a different specimen. And I think he's going to play a lot more of that role player kind of second star, but really just like being able to do uh, what he does whenever Luka's off the floor or playing off of him in a much more efficient manner. I think Porzingis is here for a big bounce back here. And I, I know the kid questions are fair, right? Like, He didn't run a good offense in Milwaukee. They didn't even have really a good defense until Bud showed up and changed their switch everything to the drop coverage. But I think it's possible. He's learned a little bit. He won a title with the Lakers that has to count for something, right? We just saw this with Nate McMillan, who had a couple, you know, very tepid head coaching stints goes to be an assistant coach now comes back to Atlanta and he works wonders. Maybe we see something like that from kid. I think, the fact that uh, Rick Carlisle endorsed him uh, is encouraging. You know, Maybe he's seen something that has evolved over time. That's his former point guard, of course. I just think Luka, I'm um, betting on him in a season where we don't have a lot of stars out west early or even for the whole year because of injuries. Someone's got to rise to the top along with the Lakers' sons of the world. I think I'm going to go with the Mavericks, so give me the over. That's true.
0: I, I just think the west is so deep, and not deep from a contender standpoint, deep in the middle – class yep. this year and so a lot of teams are going to be middling around that 45 win mark and i just don't know if they're going to create enough separation so i'll, I'll stay and if
1: they don't fix their defense they're not going to be scorched earth offense right the yep. way they were in the last couple mm-hmm. of years with under carlisle who specifically ran that kind of scheme i do think that the richardson for seth trade backfired so horrifically that going and getting a shooter like Bullock, who's actually a good three and D guy, is the perfect player because Richardson was just, he was unplayable. Like he was literally at the end of their rotation by year's end. And that's not what they expected from his salary slot and what they gave up for him.
0: Yep. All right.
1: So next team is the Denver
0: nuggets who their win totals at 47 and a half. Uh, they, you know they lost Jamal Murray last season towards the end of the season, but they still somehow won uh, the first round series and then lost to Phoenix in the second round. Jokic obviously won MVP. This team overall did pretty well given the circumstances. Uh, and now this year they're, they're losing a couple pieces: Millsap, McGee. They're adding Jeff Green, uh, but also they they have Aaron Gordon now for the full season. You know he was acquired in the middle of last year. Yep. The challenge is they don't have Murray, so where do you see them going over under 47 and
1: a half? You know, my affinity for my man, Joker, and I think that's carrying me to the over I'm taking the over. And I think that ultimately what's going to happen with this team is they're going to rely very heavily on their front court, which is why they bolstered it with the Jeff green edition. got Jamichael green back. I think that's going to be a great tandem off the bench to replace the corpse of Paul Millsap, as we saw tonight. Um, the guards look, a lot of it might have to just deal with like I hate to say this, but if Will Barton stays healthy, they'll have enough to cobble together until Murray comes back. But without him, you know, I don't know that Campaso, Morris, and Austin Rivers are gonna, you know, this is gonna be a tough, tough way. But I just think Michael Porter Jr., he's on that max deal now. What is that gonna mean for his ascension? They obviously saw enough from him last season in the summer to give him that five year deal. I got to think that he's going to turn into a 20, 25 point per game guy. Well, he's already a 20 point per game guy, really. So taking that extra leap, keeping the efficiency. Dude, you know, he's a 43 or 44% career three point shooter. Like it's absurd. He can't even dribble. Um, And for him to be that productive, I think that only gets better. So I'm going slight, slight over.
0: I'm going the over too. Um, And what you said about Porter Jr. is spot on. I think he's ready to take that next step. Um, you know the 45 percent from three what's great about that number is he was so consistent throughout the year it was not a um you know couple of hot months of shooting he was hovering around 40 45 percent every single month last season yeah. um and so I think you can trust him to burden some of that offensive workload and look this team still went 13 and five down the stretch without Murray so it wasn't like they fell apart in the regular season obviously they the won a playoff season, series they won the series against Portland and, and at that point you know Jokic you can only go so far uh, and they lost to a Phoenix team that reached the finals so yeah um i'm not worried about i think they can weather that murrayless stretch and jeff green is a is a really nice replacement and you know the versatility he showed for that brooklyn team last year he's going to do that for denver and millsap as we saw as you called out like he's not the same guy and aaron gordon as as he didn't impress offensively, but defensively, he really helped that team towards the end of the, the year. So having a full season with him is only going to be good. I I like the over. It's a high number, but this is just one of those teams that is a good regular season team. And I think Malone has proven that they can hit Yeah, that.
1: two two things to note here, right? One that you mentioned, it's funny because Millsap and Jeff Green traded teams and Giannis like took a shit on the, the Bucks, the Nets head tonight, which is the role that, you know, guarding Giannis was what Jeff Green did a lot of in the playoff series last year. They're going to miss that. And then two, you know, you talked about Michael Porter Jr. Don't you think, and like his consistency, don't you think he reminds you of KD in this one way? And that even when you think he's kind of struggling, he'll be like three of seven from three, right? Or like even tonight, like Durant looked like he was kind of not there, but he shot 53% from the field. Like that's just, he gets to these efficient numbers even when it looks like he's not doing great. And so when he really catches fire, you're like, okay, that's like the game against Portland in the playoffs when Porter hit six threes in the first quarter. Um, And so he has such a high floor that I think that really helps them on a night-to-night basis when, you know, Jokic might not be playing well or maybe they have some injuries or whatever else. Absolutely. He's, he's been a relatively steady player
0: for them. So that's only going to help. But I like the scene, man. I think, you know, given the West, they could still finish as a 3 or 4 seed. So
1: Yeah. Um, well, the yeah. other thing is Murray Watt tore his ACL in April um last year when it happened. Remember we talked about because of the way the season's was like condensed the next year, it was actually a two-year injury that was going to knock a potential title c- contender out for two seasons, which is crazy in Jokic's prime. That's still possible cuz we have no idea what it'll look like when he comes back, but if he shows up in March, gets himself like a month, you know, that would be basically 11 months off gets himself a month to work his way back in shape. He could be some version of himself by playoff time.
0: He could, he could, and you're hoping, you know, that's, but at the end of the day, like they may, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with him Cause if, depending on how the season goes, it may just be worth sitting him for all of it and then returning the following year. Right. So,
1: yep. All right. Next up, the golden state warriors who are playing tonight, the world's, the media's Twitter's darlings. Um, your nemesis uh, for many years, but specifically since what, 2013, 14 ish. Um, so, their big changes, I think, is going to be Clay, right? What Clay looks like and when he comes back are at this point total question marks. They're kind of saying Christmas time, maybe into the new year. Um, again, it's a two year layoff, right? Not just Achilles. He had the ACL the year before. Ton of young guys, ton of vets. Uh, They have a really deep roster compared to to last year and even some of those great Curry years um, in the mid-2010s. But they're at 47.5 and, and of course, just missed uh, the playoffs last year, losing to LeBron in the play-in game. So how are you looking at that number?
0: Oh, I wrote 48.5. it's 47.5. That
1: means you're feeling the over, maybe. I'm going to stick with the
0: under. I'm sticking with the under. Um, this is a high number uh forty seven i thought it was forty eight and a half which so is even higher. I think that clay look he there's gonna be a minimum of twenty to thirty games without him regardless um minimum right uh there this is it's gonna be a lot to ask Steph to do what he did last season to go nuclear to put up that mVP type campaign. And while they added some depth at the wing, you know you have Otto Porter, Iguodala's getting big minutes tonight, even, um, which I wasn't really expecting.
1: Yeah, Bealiza um, <laughs> looks like he looks like a Bizarro World David Lee. It's giving me like these weird <laughs> flashbacks because the haircut, the same in the, yeah,
0: the slight pudginess, um, yeah. Uh, I I just think that this team they didn't get. They didn't get too much better. A lot of it is banking on Steph continuing to play the way he does and holding serve until Clay comes back. And I think right. dur- durability is still a big concern. I think Steph, you know, he played the full season last year. I don't know if he's going to play the full season this year. They're going to pl- play it carefully with Clay. You have some older guys on this roster still. Um, I'm not sure how Kuminga and Moody, if they're going to start getting minutes early on or not. I just... I love the idea of this team going to getting back to like their old form, but I don't see it this year. I really don't. I think they'll be a playoff team, but in that 45 46 win range.
1: First lock of the evening for me. I'm going a lock under. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I think too much is made right now of a return to glory because of Clay Thompson he could be playing tonight and I still would take the under like this guy hasn't played basketball in two years, right? We're certainly just going to expect him to come back and look exactly like he was when he was last on the court. You remember that was the 2019 NBA finals versus Toronto. Think about how the landscape has changed in this league. We lived through a damn pandemic in that meantime since we last saw him. Right. So to expect much, I know he doesn't move a lot on offense, blah, blah, blah. But, He's still counted on to be their best perimeter defender or he was when he was healthy. And so that's still a role that I think they expect him to take. And I just don't see it that, you know, when Steph plays, they're awesome, right? But in like the, was it the 10 or 12 games he missed last year, they lost almost every one of them and they got blown out. Like their margin of victory was massive or margin of loss, I should say. So any kind of Steph injury, even if it's 10 games, will put this over at a serious, in serious jeopardy. Not to mention the fact that, you know, like you said, it's like the Jordan pool. Are we going to count on him yet? JTA, are we going to count on him yet? They have this like weird collection of young guys. Are they even going to play, right? Moody, Wiseman, and yeah. Kuminga. Like, are they going to even be part of this rotation? Because if not, that's three lottery picks in the last two years that are not factoring into what you're trying to do. Then you are counting on guys like 37, 38 year old Andre Godalla, And I'm not sure that's a place you want to be um, as a franchise. So. I'm going lock under, I think this is team firmly in the play-in tournament again.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what's funny? Because there was a lot of hype after last season that, oh, this is the year the Warriors are going to get back to form. Yeah. And I, I was thinking along the same lines, but now when I'm looking at this team, I'm like, where is it coming from? And, and I yeah. just, I, I can't justify like whatever 6-7 win improvement on last year's pace.
1: Otto Porter is going to be, like, stuffing his face at Pier 39 instead of being on the court trying to practice. Like, we've seen this drill with him. He's looking a little chunky, too. Dude, ever since he got that contract from the Wizards, actually, it was the Kings that signed it to him, right? Yeah. We matched, and then he's just been eating in the Mediterranean (laughs) since then. Like, literally, like, probably 64% of his days have been spent in the Adriatic Sea just, like, getting fed, (laughs) like, grapes and feta um but anyway yeah i it's got a lot of names on the roster like there's a lot of recognizable players and there's a lot of hall of famers and all that but it's just not doing it for me so there are so many
0: old teams in this league like teams that are just like you know miami golden state la just these rosters their names are just like yeah how are these guys still playing i know all right, but to, to flip the script on what I just said, let's go to a team that's super young, the Houston Rockets. Their number is at 25 and a half. Um, you know, this is a team, obviously, they they drafted Jalen Green, who's looking like a stud already. They added Daniel Tice, Exum, a couple of random guys. They lost Bradley, Olenek. No meaningful roster movement, um, but rebuilding year. John Wall is still there, uh, held prisoner. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if they're even going to play him, but He's What not do you playing. think? 25 and a half.
1: My second lock of the day. And this is to correct the wrong of my gravest NBA take of all time, which was that the Rockets were going to hit the over last year on like 38 and a half. I'm going lock under um okay. on this Rockets team. I think this is going to be in contention for the worst team in the league. I'm pretty sure that any collection of this type of youth has never really fared well. And Jalen Green, as good as he was in Summer League, found out real quick when you're starting to play real NBA players in the preseason just how much harder it is. And so him and, and Kevin Porter Jr. Are just going to be allowed to make a ton of mistakes. They've already banished Wall. They're probably going to do the same to Eric Gordon at some point. I'm sure, you know, even if he plays, right, Gordon's going to be one of those names that gets put in every trade talk as soon as he's playing well. Even Christian Wood is almost like outside the Rockets timeline right now. So I have absolutely no clue what this roster is going to look like. I just know that as it's kind of similar to what we talked about with De- Detroit and Orlando, all they want to do is the youth movement. They don't give a shit how many games they win. This is a lock under for me.
0: I'm going under too. It's just one of those teams. There's no way you can take the over. And I feel like if you want to bet the under on this, it's probably minus one thirty, yeah. minus one forty on Fanduel. Yeah, um, they're just. It's just. It's one thing to be bad in the Eastern Conference. It's another thing to be bad in the West. Uh, they also they have young guys they need to try it out right. Besides Green, they got Porter Jr. They got uh, Sangoon, who looked good. Um, all these guys need minutes, like, like you said. Christian yeah, they drafted Wood, John four Mark.
1: rookies this year: Garuba and Josh Christopher Garuba are going to play. Well, yeah, yeah. So they're Jay very Sean young. Tate.
0: It's crazy. This year is just going to be figuring out what they have and who, which of these guys are valuable. And it's, I think Rockets fans are totally fine with that um, after seeing you know the potential green has so this is an under i don't even know why it's set at 25 and a half like yeah I, don't I feel like i'm missing
1: not. something dude so i didn't, I didn't make it my lock but 12 months ago this team had harden in westbrook can you imagine like literally 12 months ago they had him as we were ending the bubble yeah and it's just like I i don't know that i've ever seen a team gutted as fast as this one but, I mean, they did it in a good way. That's how you do it, right? If you're gonna gut that's it, that's how it you it do needs it. To happen, yeah. Fast. Well, so like, and the thing is, like, I was looking, I was listening to our pod from last night. You know, I thought we both were really on our a game. Um, but <laughs> the magic, I kind of regretted taking the under, only because it's really hard to lose sixty games at that twenty two and a half number. I was like, you know, even if they're horrible, something goes right, or like the end of the season, players are resting or whatever, they'll get some fa- like accidental wins. This is not one I feel that way about because 26, you know, even those three, four extra wins are harder to get. And so this um this is one I feel pretty good about. But all right. Next up we have the Los Angeles Clippers at 45 and a half. This is going to be really interesting. So last year they lost Kawhi to the torn ACL against Utah. They ended up beating them uh, in that series and really giving Phoenix a tough series the next round uh, before they fell in six. Um, So they pretty much bring the band back together. They've made some changes on the fringes, including adding Eric Bledsoe, and, but otherwise re-signed Batum, you know, Ibaka is going to be gone for a while with the back injury. You still have PG, of course, at the top, Man, Mann, Zubach, Reggie Jackson, they re-signed him. So Kawhi may or may not play, You're getting conflicting reports about what his going to be like. But if he does, it's going to be at the tail end of the season, just given how late he had that injury. So that's why the number is where it is. So 45 and a half.
0: I'm going under. I don't think Kawhi is going to come back this season. This dude is the most selfish dude there is. And so you think he's going to risk his health uh, to come back a little bit early and help this team when, you know, in reality, they're going to be a low seed in the West. So what's the point in him rushing back? So uh, I don't think he's going to come back. I think this team has a good cast of characters. That The rotation looked pretty solid, especially last postseason. But going through a whole regular season, relying on Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, like you said, Abak is not even going to be there the full time. I I don't see it as a sustainable way to win. They had success in the playoffs, and they looked really good in the playoffs because some of those small ball lineups really confounded Utah. They they forced Gobert <laughs> it was one to of those
1: step- Rudy Gobert specials in the playoffs. One of those
0: Rudy Gobert spe- specials, and then it got everyone to talking about how good this team is even without Kawhi. I think that's inflating perception a bit, um, and I just don't think they're going to be able to like forty six wins is a lot. And, you know, they got Eric Bledsoe now. I don't know if, you know, Pat Bev was not amazing for them, but I don't know if Bledsoe can even fulfill the role Pat Beverly was playing. Um, The minutes they got from Rondo, too, although he was not great. So this is just a a team that's going to be fine. But 47 is saying that they're going to be like a five seed, which I think is asking for too much
1: yeah so i'm i'm in agreement i had the under um so we're now five for six here um but or four for five but i do think Kawhi may play like i as much as you calling him selfish for taking care of the man's body but i do think that he could come back but if he does it's going to be tail end of the season or playoffs like it was a partial acl tear I don't know what that means from like an actual surgery standpoint, if the recovery itself is better, or once you have the surgery, the timeline's the same, right? It it depends because part of the point with the partial ACL tear is that you can avoid surgery and just fix it through rehab. The fact that he went ahead through with it makes me think that maybe the timeline's just the same, like you'd expect for Jamal Murray. Um, It wouldn't be crazy for him not to play, right? It was like June when this happened. So that's going to be the finals timeline. And, He already signed the extension, so they're also looking to protect their asset, who's going to be under contract for the next four years. I I like the under that for that reason. I wonder what they're going to do, if anything, because like this core is now going to go into year four after this one. Let's assume they don't win the title this year, right? That's now three years of this like bombshell dropping Kawhi PG. We're going to win the ship. We're taking over LA. Three years of it not even ending in a finals appearance. So what is that going to mean for the direction of the franchise? And also the fact that a lot of these guys are mid-prime or starting to get to post-prime, right? You're starting to get on the wrong side of 30. And I'm just interested to see how that's, how that's going to play out. But they can't really do anything about it. If Kawhi's hurt, he's hurt. That's their best player. And, you know, he's an all-timer. So, And they've, I mean, they've locked
0: in PG and Kawhi now, right? So I don't think they're as concerned with that. Yeah, All these guys are... Replaceable, Like, even Reggie Jackson, I mean, he'll still be there, but a lot of these other guys on the roster are replaceable. They'll run this one more year, and then I think they'll completely retool and go after maybe some bigger fish in the following offseason. So I think because of that, they're not going to rush Kawhi back.
1: One of the things I was thinking about that I was super bummed, this is now going to be uh, kind of like, Three straight years where we don't get the full complement of KD, Giannis, LeBron, and Kawhi, who are four just absolute all timers forwards. Like last year, you know, two years ago, it was KD's Achilles, right? Last year, KD was recovering. He had the hamstring and then LeBron's ankle, right? And then now this year, it's Kawhi's ACL. And like those four, I was just watching tonight. I was watching KD versus Giannis. I was like, the first team all NBA battle between these two and LeBron at the forward position is going to be insane. Right. And Kawhi yeah. is right in that mix. Like to me, like the Tatum, Butler, George caliber is just a notch below. I think most Tier people would agree. For sure. yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks that like we haven't seen them and like, we don't, we're not going to have a ton more of LeBron, but the fact that he's still playing at this level, it's just like, fuck, I want to see like all four of those guys go at it in like a really meaningful way. Cause they're four of the 20, 25 best players ever. Maybe, maybe Kawhi doesn't have that resume, but in terms of his peak, he's somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, but that's just a bummer. Um, and we're not going to have it again for one more season. I mean, we forget
0: about all four of those guys, just Lakers Clippers, LeBron versus Kawhi. We still haven't yeah. gotten that yet. And next season you're hoping LeBron is still just as good. is back. And that's at least I want to see that. The Battle of LA still hasn't happened.
1: Yeah. And I mean it should have. They're up 3-1 against <laughs> the Nuggets, and we're up double digits in every game, but you know, neither here nor there. All right. You're up next. Yeah. So
0: that brings us nice segue to LeBron and the Lakers, who are at fifty-two and a half. Now, this was one of the big stories of the offseason, given that they, they traded for Westbrook. The, giving up KCP, Harrell, Kuzma. They signed a bunch of oldies. Carmelo, Dwight, Trevor, Riza, Rondo. Um, they also Ellington. got Wayne Ellington, Malik, Monk. Uh, and they lost Schroeder, West Matthews. So a, overhaul of their entire kind of role players. They also lost Caruso. Um, but the story here is really the addition of Westbrook um, as the guy that they think can help push them over the top this year. So what do you have?
1: So before I answer, for those listening, we have a spreadsheet that we're all looking at, or that we're both looking at, right? And like, it just includes some basic facts about the team. And one of the columns that it has for each each team is what's their primary rotation. And so we included eight guys per team, which for most teams, you can pretty much list anybody that matters. When I was going through and filling out the Lakers, I had absolutely no clue what eight players to include outside of like LeBron, AD, and Russ. I you could tell me any collection of the next five of the 10 names you just listed out, were going to be critical. And I wouldn't know. Even tonight they're playing Bays. They're playing Baysmore. They're playing Russ and uh, Rondo together. You know, they're playing Dwight and Deandre Jordan, I think started like yeah. the whole thing is just bizarre. Like, and so, you know, my gut tells me take the over if LeBron and AD are healthy and they look healthy right now. So that's where I'm landing. How this works in the playoffs is really the question that matters. I think Russ is a great—you know—we talked about this when the trade went down, but this Russ is a great regular season, um, you know, stopgap in a lot of ways. I think it's going to take him a while to get integrated here because he can't be the lead ball handler and dominate every possession with 35% usage like he's used to. But at the same time, it's going to help them rest and load manage a lot more effectively Uh, on a 1990 basis. They have a ton of old bodies. Uh, and even their youth, like Taylor Horton Tucker's out for a while. And, and so there's not much more behind that. Um, so I do think they're going to figure this out. And I think that the greatness at the top is going to carry them through. I don't think they're going to be gunning for the one seed or anything like that. They know they can win from any position. Um, it's just a matter of getting through the playoffs healthy. But just by the mat, it's almost like the Brooklyn-Milwaukee corollary where it's like there's just too much talent for them to get, go under this, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'm also going with the over. And and we, we, we yeah, like you said, we talked about this right when the trade happened. Westbrook's a floor raiser. Um, energy, he can carry, as, as bad as he can look, he can carry them on those nights where maybe LeBron sits out, AD sits out just by force and will. Um, and you have to think that AD and LeBron combined to miss 63 games last season. The positive side of that is that there wasn't as much wear and tear on them. And then also, also they missed the playoffs. And, you know, the last time LeBron missed the playoffs coming off of his first year with Lakers, they won the title the following year. Granted, it was the bubble year. But I, I think that just you can see just from tonight, he looks rejuvenated. I think that'll matter. Um, and I think Dwight and DeAndre as kind of... Um, you know they're not exciting anyone, but at the same time they're going to help spell those eighty minutes and 80's commitment or not commitment, but willingness to play the five this season. Yeah. He said it, and that's still a big step because he's never admitted it and has always been resistant against it. That's going to give Vogel more lineup flexibility. I just think that these guys are—they've got a lot of weird pieces, but enough darts at the dartboard to make a, a quality rotation. So. I like the over. I think this will be a top three seed. No reason to think they won't be.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at tonight, very, very small sample size against a Warriors team that likes to play small, even though they started Deandre, him and Dwight have only played 22 of the, you know, 36 minutes. And so they are open and clearly playing AD at the five. Like they have a lot of the lineups with him, Mello and and LeBron as a front court. And, you know, once they do that, it makes it too tough on the defense because AD, I mean, it's a, it's a cliche, but he really is a cheat code when he can get into that rhythm shooting jumpers because then it's unstoppable, right? He has yep. every move in the arsenal and on defense. You're not sacrificing everything while getting all the size and rim protection that he offers. So, he, I, I, you know, I think we'll get to this in like the awards, but he really has a great chance at multiple awards this year because I think they're going to set it up for him to, go after him. And I think as long as he stays healthy, you know, he's always productive. Um, all right, next up Memphis Grizzlies, 41 and a half first round, really fun series, uh, versus Utah. They ended up losing, you know, bring back again, most of the band, the big switch they made was swapping out, uh, Jonas Valanciunas for Steven Adams. Uh, they just locked up uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's coming off a very impressive pre- preseason after a ton of knee injuries over the last couple of years. Uh, so we'll see what he can bring. But they're number 41 and a half and potentially have a budding superstar in John Morant.
0: I am going over. I'm going lock. It's a very wow. soft lock. Very soft lock. Okay. Is this I, your first one in the West? This is my first one. Okay. I just think this is a 500 team. Above, uh, or I mean, a uh, uh, at least. A I hope you don't team. think it's a five hundred team. You? That, that's another, The floor is a five hundred team. I don't see them being worse. jaron Jackson is the the story here. Missed sixty one games last season. Um, looked good so far. I think he's going to add another dimension to their offense, and they don't have to rely so heavily on Dylan Brooks, who's also been amazing for them. Desmond Bain last year was a revelation in terms of his shooting. Uh, And and Valentunas, that's actually going to be a big loss. Um, He was so good for them. And I didn't know Jonas Valentunas still had that in him. But Steven Adams, in terms of player type and what he can do, at least from a rebounding standpoint, he's not going to get the points. I think he can make up for that, some of that production. And this is just a bet on John Morant, man. John Morant's great. This team is well coached. I think even the year before, right before last season, the bubble season were really good. They've been steadily improving every year. Um, And that I just think that unless there's some catastrophic injuries, there's no reason why they can't hit this over. So give me the over and give me the lock.
1: Very tepid lock. You know know, know the reason? I realized
0: I only had had two locks and I was like panicking trying to figure out what's my next (laughs) one. And so I just decided it was Memphis. So.
1: I went under. I think they've o- overachieved the last couple of years for the talent that's on their roster. And maybe that's just due to their great coaching. Um, Taylor uh, Jenkins Jenkins um, has been a great one of the great young coaches in the game. Ja has really ascended. And I think you saw a version of him in the playoffs that was really exciting because it felt like he was a real star in a way that he always felt like a prospect before. And he was kind of going mano a versus Mitchell and things like that. So all that's good. I I think your point that you saw as a positive, which is like Jaron Jackson can take some of the scoring pressure off. I still don't see enough scoring from this team. Like I don't know what he's going to be yet. Um, and Dylan Brooks is not good enough to be counted on in that regard. Like he's a great, great role player, great agitator, that type of thing. But if you're trying to run your offense through him, I just don't know that I love that. And I also think – The middle class of the West, we've talked about this, um, is stronger. There's a couple other teams in this win range that I'm a little higher on. And I think that's going to ultimately have to hurt one of the teams above them. And so for me, that's Memphis. And so I'm going slight under, I think they will be right around 500. So this is, this may be one that I lose, you know, very minorly.
0: All right. All right. Well, uh, that's the first time that I think one of us had a lock, and the other one went the opposite direction. Right? Yeah, Which I was going like to say. the biggest difference in opinion. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves is next. They're at 35 and a half. Uh, this is a team that uh, had higher expectations last year with D'Angelo Russell. Anthony Edwards um, was a great rookie, really came on strong towards the end of the season. They, they lose Rubio, Culver, Hernan Gomez – they add Pat Bev, Torian and Prince. So they make some kind of moves on the fringes. What do you have over or under 35 and a half?
1: This is the aforementioned team below Memphis that I really like this year. I'm going over on uh, Minnesota. I just think that, you know, you talk about Cat, Russell, and Edwards. When they played together last year, they were actually pretty good and they had a scorched earth offense. Um, One of the best in the league in terms of three-man units. Defense was, of course, as you can imagine, bad, but their offense was so good that it still led to, again, one of the best net net ratings of any three-man lineup. And I think ultimately a big part of that is health, and Cat and Russell have not stayed healthy um, while in Minnesota. So with Cat, you know, last year was kind of a wash given everything he went through COVID-wise. He said he lost a ton of weight, which he's now added back. I think he's going to be – out with a vengeance, like you remember, it was just three, four years ago where literally he was number one on the list of like who do you want to start a franchise with. Now he's an afterthought in a lot of those conversations, despite the fact that he's still only twenty five. Um, Edwards, I think, is just going to get even better, and I really like Beverly uh, as a, as a leader. I don't think that they had a vocal leader, uh, certainly not Cat. I think even though Beverly can be a little bit, a little bit of like a clown show at times, I think he's going to inject more intensity in that locker room, you know, Jaden McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, a lot of bodies. Um and I think that's going to help and look, this is a bet on health and it's a bet on the fact that Ryan Saunders was totally overmatched last year and the switch to your boy um Chris Finch ended up paying big dividends when he took over and so the fact that he has his full off-season training camp, I like the over here. This was the hardest one I struggled with. I hey, I took this one down to the wire
0: after doing all my other ones. I ended up going under. Ooh. So. I hate to see that. They This team has no playmaking depth. They lost Rubio. Uh, Pat Bev is not that type of player. Um, and they don't have big man depth either behind Towns. So I, I, that's where I worry. And my fear for this team, the, the feeling I can't shake is I predict it over for this team every single year. And this team under Towns has never gotten past 35 wins except for the Jimmy Butler year, I think. Um, and this team just reminds me of the Kings under with Cousins. And every year it's like, oh, but they got Rudy Gay. They got Rondo. They got Ty Lawson. They have all these pieces. They've got George Carl, a better coach. They've got, And every year when Towns or Cousins is your focal point, that ceiling is capped on that team. And so... You know, your point about Talon's Edward Russell, they went 13 and 11 with those three guys playing. They were a Love plus it. 500 team. And but that offensive stretch they had was I don't even know if that's sustainable because they were so good.
1: And they were almost at like 130 points per 100 possessions. In yeah, they play, uh, it was like better the than play. like
0: the, the fully healthy nets. Um, yeah. And so uh, this one's a hard one because I could definitely see over half low. But since I was so iffy, I'm going to treat them like the Kings of yesteryear and go under because those Kings never cracked that 35 mark.
1: The Kings are a fair comp where like year after year. Maybe this, you know, you compared the Wizards uh, to the Cousins-era Kings. Maybe this is the Cousins-era Kings comp where it's like the great big man, yep. a lot of theoretical talent that never ends up producing results. Yep, exactly. Um, All right. You've got the under. Okay. Cool. Am I up next? Oh, no. This is me asking you, right? No. Yep. Yeah. I think you're doing it. Not that it matters much, but. All right. New Orleans Pelicans. No, this is
0: yours. This one's yours.
1: Oh, okay. New Orleans Pelicans, 38.5. Um, Zion has a broken foot that was mysteriously not revealed until Media Day two weeks ago. Um, so we don't know when, he, when we're going to see him. The original plan was to have him back by opening night. That's clearly not there. Um, have you seen him, by the way? No. Like physically? Oh, no. Yeah. We, did, we talked about this. We yeah, talked yeah. about the. We didn't. Yeah. We picture. talked about it offline. My God. This is terrifying. This is officially like. This is. Defcon won. But anyway, Valanchunas um, came here. Steven Adams went out, like we said, to Memphis. No Lonzo. They swapped him out for Devontae Graham. Um, They've got more young talent now with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, Ky- Kyra Lewis, all expected to play bigger roles for this team. Uh, but the top two remain the same, Zion and Brandon Ingram. So where are you at on 38 and a half? Give me the under and give me the lock.
0: This is a lock under Zion. You talk about, you know, the funny thing about those, uh, his media day pictures and everyone was kind of clowning on him. Um, You think media day with all the lighting and the angles, and this is the time where they're trying to make the players look the best. Nothing could hide the fact that he looked like that. It's like no amount of like the right shadows, the (laughs) right like poses, like flexes, nothing um, could hide what he looked like. And, Whether or not that's fair, you know, with the foot injury, you can't run, you can't be conditioning, all that stuff. We know that this guy's... One of the questions has always been around, does he carry a little extra weight? We know he's explosive. We know he's strong. But getting him back into shape may take some time. Um, Not only does he have to recover from this injury, but getting him back to game speed and, and feeling comfortable. And beyond Zion, like, this team is... They haven't made many significant changes that are going to improve. Like I think their backcourt is super suspect. Satoransky and Devonte Graham. Devonte Graham oh, two yeah, years ago I looked about amazing. Oh But he's not. He didn't look great last year. I think what's promising for them is Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, Shout out
1: Virginia Tech Hokies.
0: Yeah, like post All Star break, he was averaging like 15 points a game on like 40 percent three point shooting. But this is not, once again, this is a team that lacks spacing. They were one of the worst shooting teams last year. I don't think they improved that that much. And Zion and they got rid of Lonzo for basically no reason. They got rid of Lonzo for no reason. Um, at 38 and a half, I don't see it. I think this team is going to take a big step back this year. So it's a lock under.
1: Yeah, I'm actually lock under as well. Um, and aside from everything you said, which is valid, I just don't believe we're going to see Zion for a little while too. Um Oh, yeah. You're going to break your foot, Jones Fractor, have this kind of surgery. It's going to be a minute before you play basketball again. If he's not even running yet or if he just started running and he just started doing, like, one-on-one, two-on-two drills, you're talking about a three-, four-week timeline, if not more for a guy who plays at his weight and has the injury history that he has. I I worry about that, and this franchise was so promising, man. Like... <laughs> Coming off the, even after an AD superstar trade, like they had to get the number one pick, to get the hall that they got from the Lakers, which at the time was like unbelievable, you know, the best superstar hall maybe ever. Um, when you think about it to where they are now, which is a disgruntled kind of overweight star, um, like another new head coach, you know, third in three years for Zion, a rudderless ship, curious personnel moves. Um I don't know where they go. I really don't. And Ingram is good, but has he impacted winning at all in his career? I don't know. Um he puts up twenty-five a game, but is it conducive to anything? Or, you know, I'm not I'm not sure what to what to take. Even a guy like Alexander Walker, he's fine, but he's erratic and out of control. And if he's running your offense, that's not gonna be good recipe for having efficient, like low turnover, high, you know, good look offense. It's just gonna be Chaotic, and I just I don't know. Um, it's funny how
0: David Griffin's rep changed so fast, right? Because coming out of that trade, yeah, you know, all the assets you have Zion, you have this loaded team. To now, you know, really questionable decisions, and then the best was that piece that came out saying, "Remember, I don't know if you saw that. There was reports that Zion, like he came into Zion's room in the bubble yeah, and he started playing play the guitar.
1: piano. Oh, <laughs> piano, piano, yeah, not
0: uh, just bizarre stuff, man. This team is—I, I don't know. This team is a, is a train wreck. New Orleans also is struggling to get fans to attend games. It's just—I think it's all falling apart. And I would not be surprised. Like we talk about this, Will Zion, every rookie signs the extension. Zion probably will too. But I just—I don't know how long he's gonna last there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you sign it and then figure it out later, especially for a guy with his con- injury concerns, because he can get that money a year in yeah. advance. Not only is it a bigger deal, he gets it a year in advance. So I think yep. this is why it makes it a no brainer. Um, Luca, you know, you want to talk about a guy who could have probably reasonably signed the qu- qualifying offer. Maybe Luca, just given his, you know, how good he's going to be and like yeah. how durable he's been. But. At the same time, Luka's not like LeBron by any stretch in terms of physicality, so who knows what his future holds as well. So, all right. You're up next.
0: Yep. So, the next team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. 22 and a half. I, I don't know what there's to say about this team. They were uh they started off strong last season, kind of cratered to the end when they went into full tank mode, um like very blatantly. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a team SGA took a leap last year. Lou Dort, I think, had a 40-point game at one point. Poku was was doing some things. Uh, they they drafted Josh Giddey at six, which people thought was kind of high for him. Derek He's favors. looked awesome, though. He's looked good, though. He's looked good. So, 22 and a half. Over, under, what do you have?
1: I'm going to go over, um, just because of the 16 and 19 start last year when SGA was playing, assuming you know, he's going to play the majority of games this year until they get to a point that they might shut him down again for draft positioning. You know, they gave him the five-year max. They might have the assets that they're ready to have, and the rest of them are just going to be done via trade, right? Like, I think last year was really big for them because they had the Houston pick, top four protected. And so really they were trying to get into the top four, which they wouldn't have with that Houston pick, so they could only have their own pick with that. I think now their draft assets, as they expand a little bit, some of those Clippers picks start to come in. You could package things here and there. You know, the Clippers might not be, like we said, they could be a lottery team as well. So um, depending how, how things shake, I think Oklahoma City is going to have a less egregious tank this year. And as long as I, I think SGA is really on the cusp of being like a borderline all-star, especially in terms of production alone, like his name and sort of the environment he's in will never bring him there. But I think he's, he's every bit as good as like a lot of the young guards that we, we, prop up like if you if you said SJ or Jamal Murray I think it's a fair question right where most people wouldn't bat an eye they'd say Jamal Murray and um Poku <laughs> trick or treat you know Giddy they got a lot of guys most half these guys are never going to play for the team again in two years yeah. so who knows what that's going to look like from a chemistry standpoint but I'll go over just because that number is really low
0: all right well I'm going under on this one okay uh, I just, I was thinking about the over because they look so promising when they were trying. And at some point, they're going to start playing just normal games and, and trying to win games just to see what they have. I think maybe one more year. I think one more year of blade and tanking. Some picks are at, you know, their own pick. They still want another top one. So I, I went under not much to say why. It's just not enough talent. And the West is harder. And I just think that, SGA, as good as he is, this roster is a train wreck in terms of talent. Um,
1: It is a train wreck, and there's less poor teams both in the West and the East. East, yeah. So, I don't know. There's not really many gimmies on the schedule anymore. All right. Phoenix Suns. Is this me? Yeah, I'm already losing. Okay, Phoenix Suns, 51 and a half, coming off the finals loss where they were up 2-0 versus the Bucks, ended up losing four straight. Um, they added Javale McGee, Landry Shamit uh, to a to a core that has pretty much stayed intact. You know, Booker, Paul, Aiden, Bridges, Payne, Cam Johnson, um, Jay Crowder are all back, so they have everyone uh, they need to make another run. And I think this is you know giving Paul that three to four year deal was a big move for Robert Sarver at the age that Paul is. But you know, let me start here. First of all, before you answer like this, Ayton extension stuff that has kind of created a lot of drama. Like, do you see this being an issue? Do you think they made the right call by passing on it? Like, where are you at with this?
0: I don't know. I, I think, I think it is an issue. It's one of those, you can't treat these, these rookie extensions as does he deserve it? Um, or is he worth that kind of money? I think at this point, a guy like Aiden, who's shown enough promise, you got to the finals with him, played a critical role. I think it's a no brainer to do that. And we know why they didn't do it. It's because Sarver is cheap, even though they went around and turned and paid Mikkel Bridges, um, you know, his contract. So I don't like it. I just don't think it sets a good precedent because now Aiden already uh, publicly has complained you don't want to disturb the juju of this team when you had such a successful season i really don't understand why they they sh- didn't pay him i think they should have
1: but i mean i guess this is where i disagree because do they have to give him a 5 year max if they don't know that that's the right thing cuz like there's two things that that happens one he becomes their designated player they already have one in booker you can only have two on a roster at any given time which means if they were to acquire a player like a you know, this Ben Simmons or Bradley Beal or whoever that's a designated player as well, they wouldn't be eligible to unless one of those two went out in that. Second, what have we constantly been saying about centers who are not Jokic, Embiid, maybe Cat? If you can't dominate on both ends, and really that's why I'd even say maybe Cat, is it worth paying them $35, $40 million a year? Is that a good in return on investment? As good as Aiden is. And it's funny that people didn't even bat an eye at the BAM Autobiomax. And you could ask the same questions about him. I mean, they're not too far off as players, right? Between Aiden and BAM. We, so if you have that philosophy, then why is it such that we're not applying it here and we're going to say, hey, let's just keep the chemistry good? Because it is a well, big decision. Well, that's my point. I think there's already
0: a precedent set for guys like this to get paid that amount of money. Like, the guys getting paid these five-year maxes are not all the caliber of Giannis and Embiid. Like you said, Bam is actually a perfect example. And I think Aiden's shown enough to—I hes I don't think he's—he's he's definitely not at Bam's level yet. But he's shown enough to to give you confidence that he could maybe be on that trajectory. So I, I'm i not angry about it, I guess. Could they have offered him—I read that he turned down like a three-year or four-year max. He only wanted the five-year
1: this is one of those um, things where it's hard to tell what's what, right? Because you don't know yeah. whose camp is leaking what. And yeah, that was what they said. Um, so it's like if he's being stubborn about it, maybe I get why. But come on,
0: it's also Sarver's track record. I, he's just, he's cheap and he's done this to the Suns plenty of times. And
1: maybe but, in this scenario, it's justified. But I just think that that's. A, he's also not doing anything, though, right? they He's a restricted free agent. They can sign him to a max of any variety they want next summer. All he's yeah, doing is you're just showing it to him a year early. early.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is one of the more frustrating parts of the way I, I get the player in power and players in charge, blah, blah, blah. But like this is more frustrating. It's like this this mechanism exists for you to get your full four years to evaluate a rookie. And Aiton's had questions about his motor, about his consistency, about his like work ethic. So, you know, sue me if I wanna see it for one more year and then I can decide exactly what I want to do. You can't sign a restricted free agent with at least with anything under a three year offer sheet anyway. Yeah. That's so no true. matter what, even if they sign him, and the worst case scenario is the Gordon Hayward, Utah thing, right, where Utah signed him. someone Cleveland gave him the offer sheet. Yep. Three years, he ended up leaving in seven years versus longer. And so that's the worst case, but you still have seven years of DeAndre Ayton no matter what. Um, and that's I true. think that's fine. That's a good
0: point. So it maybe it may it's fine. I also, I told you, I've never been as high on Ayton as a lot of other people because yep. I don't see the ceiling yet. Um, yeah,
1: no, I, I think that's fair. Very hey. high floor, but I don't see the ceiling yet. And, and to be honest, this is all irrelevant if he feels slighted and if he feels upset and if it, it affects his play. Because if it does, then you do have a problem on your hands regardless yep. of what logic might indicate. Um, all right, back to the numbers. So they're 51 and a half. Where did you land on that?
0: I bet you you're going to be the opposite of me on this one.
1: I'm going under.
0: That's this correct. team is the funny thing is this not nu- the 51 is a low number, given that they were like a, like a 60 win on track to be pretty much a sixty win team last year. Almost. Yeah. Um, I think they overachieved big time. I think CP three, he's played two seasons in a row of 70 games. That is unprecedented health for a player like CP three, who's now going to be 37. I don't think they're going to get a full season out of them. So the next question is, okay, CP three misses time. Is Booker good enough to carry them? Booker was good last season, but he was still uh 80 he was 88th in Vorp last year. And so when you look at the advanced stats and his impact, it really was a Chris Paul team. And Booker's a fantastic player, but I don't know if he can carry them uh without him. And so that's my my biggest concern. I think the front court depth is is still they didn't solve that. Um yeah. JaVale McGee is He's not he is who he is at this point of his career and, and Jalen Smith, maybe they're banking on Jalen Smith being a good player, but we didn't see it really flash last year. And even when they got desperate in the postseason, they did not want to bring him out. So I, I just think this year's gonna this team's gonna take a little bit of a step back um and finish in the the high forties, which will still be okay given that they took such a massive leap last year.
1: Yeah, I mean if you're counting on Paul sort of regression and age and all those things catching up i think it's a fair point Just missing time forget about regression just missing time yeah because booker as much as i love his game became kind of overrated in some ways because of like this small sample of like what everyone was watching in the playoffs and we do this every year with like a handful of guys like we could go through every year of the playoffs and talk about who we've put on the pedestal and then knock down the next season um when you actually have a larger sample size and maybe that is booker I just think this team is so deep and you're gonna continue ascension from Aiden from the Mcka bridges um, Paul I don't you know see a real reason to believe he's gonna miss a ton of time even load management wise or otherwise you know that's 15 20 games I think they can keep the boat afloat and so I'm gonna go a slight over I uh, don't feel great about it I need to actually look at all these teams because I think I have everyone in the top and bottom going over or under and then in the middle is all screwed up. So I'm probably going to mess up one of these two, one or, one or two of these top teams, but I am going um a little bit of an over. I see this as like a 52 and 30 team, which is why Vegas is so damn good. So
0: yeah, totally reasonable. I, I could definitely see them hitting the over. I just, they're, they're obviously going to regress compared to their pace last year. The question is how much. And so yeah. I think, you know, I just think it's going to be a little bit more than we're expecting. All right. Next team, Portland trailblazers they're at 44 and a half. Uh, this is a team that lost surprisingly in the first round to a Jamal Murray list Nuggets. Um, there was a lot of noise around Dame this off season of him potentially requesting a trade. Um, yada yada yada, he's staying there. They they signed Chauncey Billups to finally replace Terry Stotts after several years. Um, and you know, on in terms of the team, they they added Larry Nance, Cody Zeller, uh and then lost Carmelo, Enos Cantor, Derek Jones. So some some shakeups. Uh, Nurkic is is gonna be healthy at the start of the season. And yeah, 44 and a half. Where do you see this team landing?
1: So I, I have the over. I mean, I thought this was kind of low actually, given that they have a pretty much a healthy complement of players finally. They've gotten out of the like mash unit front court of Nurkic and Zach Collins, right? Nurkic is healthy for the time being and McCollum I thought was pretty much playing at an all-star level last year before he broke his, uh, I want to say he broke his hand or was it foot? I can't remember, but either way he was awesome. He, you know, not Dame level, but pretty close. And I think yep. if he can go back to that full year of Powell, who is a great third banana and the Larry Nance acquisition is really, really important. Um, I think he's going to be, the perfect player next to that team. He's kind of what they envisioned Derek Jones being, but Derek Jones wasn't actually good enough at basketball. He was just an elite athlete. I think yep. you're going to see that from from Larry Nance. I I was like I said I I see this team in the, in the mid to high 40s and comfortably in the top six. So I'm going over.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Interesting. Well, I went
0: over too. So
1: <laughs> very interesting. Um,
0: this. They, what I like about this team is the fact that they, their defense, they were a defensive train wreck last season. Um, they took out Carmelo and Enos Kanter, who are arguably the two biggest... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> two biggest
1: well, just straight-up Swiss cheese-level players. In exactly.
0: The league. And Cody Zeller and, and Larry Nance are actually solid defensively. So I think just that itself and then getting Nurkic back changes the look of this team. Um, you're right about McCollum looking good. You know, he, I think the year before he underperformed, he didn't have a great year. And so they're kind of yeah. questions on, you know, is what's happening with McCollum, but he bounced back last year. I am concerned about a possible Lillard regression. Like he was insane last year. Yeah. And I don't want to hold the Olympic performance against him because the Olympics are a, totally not catered to his style at all. Uh, he's can't get the calls. He's his is not apparent on that team. But part of me just wonders, he's been doing this year after year after year. He's getting up there in age. Is there a possible regression coming? Not, not that he's going to just fall off, but just last year, he single-handedly saved their offense he was in so lives. many games. Yeah. And clutch, right? His clutch stats were insane. And that's like we talked about. That's one of those things that can come back, uh, regress to the mean. But I still like it because... Like you said, the number's relatively low, and Portland's proven time and time again they have, with Dame, they can always hit that upper 40 win mark. So
1: Well, and the other thing is, maybe with that McCollum resurgence, coming back to what he was early of last year, and Powell being there, he doesn't have to be superhero, right? He can be just a really great all-star, and I think you know the the Olympics. I'm just gonna throw away. Uh, that was a really really bad and embarrassing performance, and it was confusing. And it looked like he couldn't get around anybody, and he couldn't guard anybody. Like he he looked like late career Isaiah Thomas, honestly. Um, yeah. And so that was tough to watch. But the NBA is a different game than FIBA. We've seen so many stars go over there and suck, and then come back and be fine. And so I think that's more of the same there. So I'm gonna choose to ignore that uh we'll, we'll selectively decide when we want to use olympics evidence for our case but i agree with you on that and, and then the other thing is like like you mentioned like they don't have as many because the problem is dame and cj are bad defenders and you can make do with a bad backcourt if you have good production elsewhere yep. and when you had carmelo playing big minutes and Cantor you were dead in the water. And even Derek Jones is not a great defender. Now, hopefully you have fewer players who are going to really cost you on that end um, to hide those guys as much as possible. So, you know, that's, that's the big thing for me. Nope. Um, Okay. You want to do the next one?
0: No, you introduce it. That's fine. Okay.
1: All right. So the next one we have, and I noticed that you do have one lock remaining, so I'm curious where you'll use it, but, do you have the Sacramento Kings uh, 36 and a half last year, lottery ninth pick took uh, Davion Mitchell out of Baylor uh, coming off the national title. Now the summer league title, and he's going to try to go for the tri- uh, trifecta with the NBA title. this rookie season. A um, lot of trade potential uh, with Ben Simmons. And I sh- we should mention Portland as well, right? That's the big wild card. If they end up as a Ben, ben Simmons trade destination, but Sacramento as well that that they've been rumored quite often. Um, It was just announced. uh, Like I mentioned today that Bagley was not going to be in the rotation. So they're going to work around him Um, baffling, but they do have a lot of pretty good players on this team. So there are options for them. Um, But where are you at four guard lineup? A lot of, I think excitement uh, just in terms of young prospects, young talent uh, on this team, 36 and a half.
0: Give me the over, give me the over now.
1: I went under on the Kings
0: last year. I'm going over this year. This team, uh, it's... Not a lock. No, not a lock. Not a lock. Okay. Kings fans are getting pretty excited about this team. So the Kings starting lineup last year, when you talk about... when they started, I think, Fox, Heald, Barnes, Holmes, and who's the other? um, And Halliburton, actually. So when they started, Heald at the three, right? Out of all lineups in the NBA that got over 400 minutes, that was the fifth best net rating in the league. That was like their starting unit. So they are devastating with that starting lineup. Their issue was bench production. But last year, they, they acquired Terrence Davis in the middle of the season and Mo Harkless, who were really valuable on the bench towards the end of the year. And now you add Davion Mitchell, who I was not happy with that draft pick. I was not high on him, but... I have to admit, in summer league in preseason, this guy has shown a consistent three-point shot, which is one of the biggest questions. Was that a blip in his seat, like his last year at Baylor, or was he actually a good shooter? And he's able to body up some bigger guys, which was also my concern. Like given his size, how useful would that defense be? So that's giving the Kings a lot of confidence in running that three-guard lineup with Davion, Fox, and Mitchell, and even a four-guard lineup potentially with Buddy. Um, they ran that. At one point in the preseason, which was interesting, it wasn't a total disaster either. The other big reasons this team should be good is uh, Tristan Thompson's been a big culture. Jesus, like, I can't like, I no one was excited about Tristan Thompson. No one over under him on inside.
1: Tristan Thompson mentions on the over <laughs> unders pod was like one and a half, and we <laughs> slammed the over here.
0: I'm, I'm telling you, he's been such a pot like all these guys, you know, when the Kings had shump like a couple years ago, they called themselves the scores. Yeah. Um, he was such a big locker room presence and they had their best year. Um it was under Jaeger and the moment they traded him, the team cratered. And I really think that a veteran presence like Tristan Thompson, a guy who keeps things light, positive in the locker room, can still play some solid big man depth. Him and Alex Len provide some big man depth to Rashawn Holmes. This team's gonna be solid, man. They're not gonna they they'll be in contention for the play in game, but they're gonna win thirty eight, thirty nine. So over.
1: I purposely left this blank just to hear what you had to say first, and I was going to fade you in either direction. Um, so I'm going under on this one. And once you started talking about Davion Mitchell at six one guarding bigger bodies, I, I'm really getting concerned. Because, you know, the thing is, like, Drew Holiday is a guy who gets asked to do that a lot. Like, I remember I was watching the Pelicans-Lakers one game. It was like Zion versus LeBron, the first matchup. It was build, like, you know, this big thing. Nobody could guard LeBron, so they put Drew on him, right? <laughs> And yeah. he was just getting absolutely toasted. And it wasn't his fault. Like, he was giving up five, six inches and, like, 50 pounds. Davion Mitchell's giving up three more inches on top of that. Like, can he even guard a guy like Paul George or he, Jason he, bought, he was just guarding Paul George in the preseason and locked him up. Let's wait till the games count before we worry about what he's doing against like, Paul George. Here, just, if, if
0: Tony Allen can guard Kevin Durant, why can't Davion Mitchell guard Paul George? It's like the same delta
1: because Kevin Durant is a specific body type that I think is unique in a lot of ways. Like you don't see his frame as often. And earlier in his career, he was getting, you know, he, he put on a lot of muscle later in his career that allowed him to not get punked by smaller guys. And so I'm not saying it's impossible. I just, I worry about that because I've seen this happen. where really good defenders just because they're lack of height guys can just shoot over them, especially the way guys shoot now. Um, so all that to be said, the four guard lineup, I just I have a lot of concerns about it. I think Halliburton's great. I think Fox is is great. I there's not a there's not a number one on a title team on this team, and there's probably not a number two either. And that's the concern for me. Uh, I know that the Kings are not trying to be a title team. This number doesn't indicate anything close to that, so that's not really the question. But as I think about like being able to pull out games, how many of those games are they going to go into against even the mid-tier teams, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the um, the Grizzlies, the you know the Blazers, where they don't have the best player on the floor? Um, that's that's my worry, and therefore I'm going to go under, and then hopefully we're all put put out of the Luke Walton uh, misery one last time as a head coach in the NBA. Well, we all want that,
0: trust me. But the other thing I didn't mention is Tyrese Halliburton is. He's amazing, man. And I think, look, you talk about the, the ceiling of a team that has no number, true number one. Fox is possibly an all-star this year. Um, the only reason he may not be an all-star is because there's so many guard minutes to go around. I don't yeah. think he's going to be used as much as he was last year. But, dude, this is a guy who can who's averaging 26 points down the stretch. Um, no, he, he took a big
1: leap. Um, elite into finishing a, at the rim. Yeah. His shooting is still the question mark that maybe not quite as much as we saw it entering in the league, but still a pretty big question mark right now, especially in the half court. Here's a question. You, you're a fan of the Wizards who played
0: in a terrible conference, so it's different. But, I mean, why couldn't the Kings do at
1: least what the Wizards did with Wall and Beal early you on? You just answered the question. You literally th- those, the, those Eastern conferences were really bad. And Fox will be better than Wall, so I'm not too worried about that. But you don't have a player of Beal's caliber. Like, look at what Beal has become. Yeah, but was Beal just... wasn't the same guy in 2017 when you made the But he was progressing towards that. Like, he was still low 20s, like, in all-star conversations, that type of thing. Like, Halliburton would have to take a big jump to get to that. And right now, Halliburton functions as a really great glue guy. I mean, I don't see him ever making an all-star team in his career. Maybe I'm proven wrong, but that just doesn't seem like how he projects. I think he's absolutely a guy any title team would want to have as their fourth or fifth option. But I don't see him on the trage- trajectory of a second star next to Fox.
0: No, they still need to find one, but we're asking for 37 wins. We will figure that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to plan your parade, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, Let's
1: zip through these last two. We're last two,
0: San Antonio Spurs, twenty nine and a half. Um, you know this team was still in the the playing tournament, right? They were in the playing tournament, weren't they? They
1: were, yeah, they were. Yeah. They lost to
0: Memphis. Memphis. Um, they lost to Rosen, which is the big loss. But they added some other vets and uh, Minu, Thad Young, Doug McDermott, Zach Collins. They signed to a big deal. Brent Forbes, but but anyway, this team is really still about a lot of the youth. DeJounte Murray, Derek White. What do you think they Keldon Johnson? Um, what do you have?
1: This is a really sad way for Pop to go out. Um, it's been a few years now of this like gradual death of the, you know, once promising franchise, mirroring what's going on in the NFL in some ways with the Patriots. Um, you know, Patriots lose Brady, Spurs lose Duncan, and eventually Kawhi. And I'm going under. Um, they have a lot of guys, like all the young guys, like you said, Doug McDermott, Jacob Hardell, all the. I, I'm not sure what this team's going to look like other than I like some of those players. Like I like Keldon Johnson. I like DeJounte Murray, but I like them in the context of they're decent. And if you watch them every now and then they, they come off as semi-interesting. I don't see them making a deep run or any type of like push towards even 500. That's a pretty low number. Maybe the lowest it's ever been in the Pop era, uh, aside from when they lost David Robinson and were tanking for Duncan. But that's, um, that's going to be a under for me, knowing that I kind of almost want to be surprised and want to be wrong, just so we can see Pop not leave on you know, these kinds of terms.
0: I'm actually going with the over. Uh, I think this number is way too low. I, this team is not good. This is a low 30-win team. They just have enough talent and good enough coaching to make it work. I, I don't see them being god awful. Um, the fact that they played into the playing tournament last year with that roster, which also was not great, um, shows me enough that system still works enough to get thirty. They had DeRozan
1: points. and Gay. Those were like two of their four Gay best wasn't players. amazing.
0: He was. A, he turned into just a spot up shooter. He was, and then DeRozan was good for them. But I mean, you're replacing that with Dad Young and Doug McDermott. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the average of as I'm young talking, and Doug just, McDermott probably does equal. And Kelden speaking of Olympics, like Keldon Johnson, I didn't want to bring it up, but he did look nice at 12th man duty on the Olympic team. Uh,
0: okay, well that's enough on the
1: Spurs. Let's just go to the, the last one. All right, the last one is the Utah Jazz, uh, 53 and a half, which is let me check. Yeah, this is the highest in the in the Western Conference. So this is basically projecting them to be the number one seed again, which they finished last year as they bring it all back. The two big changes uh, they added gay, as we just mentioned, and, and Hassan Whiteside uh, no longer have Derek favors. And I think Royce O'Neal is still on this team. Um, So they have a pretty deep team. I think, you know, they battled a lot of injuries last year with Conley and and then Mitchell in the playoffs, but they should all be good right now uh, heading into the year. So, where are you at on 53 and a half? Give me the over and give me my final
0: lock. This team is going to hit 60. It's a regular season juggernaut. Last year, they were top four in both offense and defense rating, best net rating in the league. Um, uh, they're they're going to be the same team. They're going to be shooting a lot of threes. They're going to play good defense with Rudy Gobert, anchoring that defense. Although I said Rudy Gay wasn't much in San Antonio, he's a perfect player for this team because he's become just a spot-up guy. He doesn't have the same athleticism, but he shoots <laughs> close to 40% from three, so I think he'll he'll fit in nicely. And Donovan Mitchell could be primed for another leap. He had a really strong season last year, a really good postseason, and he's only getting better, and I think that you add that all together and this team is just going to keep chugging along, granted there are no injuries, so give me the over.
1: I had the over as well. Regular season award, like you said, it's a great regular season team. Rudy Gobert, you know, is going to be in contention again for Defensive Player of the Year because it just works uh, in this 82 game format. You know, they got over all the COVID, you know, issues to still put together a big year last year. I don't see why that, you know, the collapse in the playoffs is going to be much different, right? I think the fact that, they're all ready. They're focused. You got Dwayne Wade in the building now to kind of assuage, you know, Donovan Mitchell a little bit, make him uh, push him off the ledge a little bit. So I think it's going to be a great team, and I think nobody's going to pay attention, rightfully so, until we get to April. Uh, that doesn't mean they aren't going to mow down a lot of bad teams, and so I got the over here. Um, I didn't make it a lock, but I think I came close. So I'm in alignment there with you. Cool. All right. So let me go through the quick recap and then we'll do a speed round. We're running long on these two parters. We just missed each other, man. We missed each other. We missed (laughs) basketball. Uh, So I'll just run through these and then um, we'll finish with our awards and and title picks. So Mavericks, I'm over, you're under. Nuggets, we're both over. Warriors, Rockets, Clippers, we're we're, uh, we're both under on all three. Lakers, both over. Grizzlies, I'm under, you're over. Minnesota, I'm over, you're under. Pelicans, we're both under. Oklahoma City, I'm over, you're under. Phoenix, I'm over, you're under. Portland, we're both over. Kings, I'm under, you're over. Spurs, I'm under, you're over. And Jazz, we're both over. My three locks were the Warriors under, and they're now uh, about to be 1-0, and so I'd like to quickly change that if I could. Uh, the Rockets under and the Pelicans under. Your three locks are the Grizzlies over, the Pelicans under, and the Jazz over. So there you have it. We will follow these, track these, keep, you know, we'll post uh, updates on, on Instagram and Twitter so everyone can can follow along. And if you want to use these, just go to Fandles um, Numbers, and you can kind of play along and see how you do this year across the 30 teams. All right, let's get to the awards. So we're going to do this... Um, MVP uh defensive player of the year rookie of the year six man of the year coach of the year uh, and then we'll do our finals picks both conference finals as well as the title itself let's start with MVP so the way we're going to do this is just for MVP we're going to do one pick amongst the favorites and one long shot pick so i got you the top 15 names on fanduel um, and you can tell me who you like as a favorite and who you like as the long shot, so I'll read them off Luca 5 to 1, Giannis 5 to 1, KD 7 to 1, Steph 8 to 1, Embiid 11 to 1, Dame 16, LeBron 17, Jokic 17, Harden 19, Tatum 24, Trey Young 27, Devin and Devin Booker and Mitchell are 30, AD is 35, and Paul George is 36 to 1. So those are your top 15 candidates as of now uh, for MVP per fan duel. All right. I'm going with Kevin Durant. Uh,
0: I thought about the other candidates. You said about Luka, team success won't be there. Jokic, I don't see him winning twice. He's not the kind of guy who's going to win twice.
1: Giannis They're is a already good mad they gave it to him the first time. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Giannis is a good candidate, but I don't know how we can just take it to another level that makes people impressed enough to give it to him a third. Yeah. Like, Third MVP puts you in the, like, echelon of greats, which maybe he belongs, but I don't know. LeBron and AD cancel each other out stuff. Okay, so anyways, all these guys, I haven't was never really confident. KD, I strayed away from first because I didn't know if he'd play a full season, all that, but the more I thought about it, he has a sour taste in his mouth from the last postseason. This guy's a hooper. He wants it. He went ham in the Olympics, right? Like, this guy is just... <laughs> I keep bringing up the Olympics. <laughs> Um, I
1: just think oh, that man. and then
0: the Kyrie Joe Ingalls went
1: ham in the Olympics too, if you want to add him to your list.
0: And I think what's gonna help the Nets narrative is that since the Bucks won the title last year, they still look just as good. It doesn't make the Nets look as much of a cheat code. And with the Kyrie uncertainty, that's where the narrative can start to bend in Katie's favor. And when he puts together 31, 32 points a game this season, and if they finish as a top seed, all these other guys. You know, I think he'll have a good case. So, and this is also could be a legacy MVP. If he wins this MVP now at this point of his career, then that's win a title. We'll be talking about Kevin Durant. I mean, he's already talked about like a top 10, 15 guy of all time, but he vaults himself into a different kind of conversation. Um, if he's able to do it. So I really think he understands that, he's aware of that. I'm going with him as my MVP.
1: Yeah, he only has one in his career, and I think that looking back feels odd. Um, It's almost like when Kobe only won one and something almost, it's like something's up with that when guys of that stature not been rewarded. So that makes a lot of sense. Probably the way I was going to go, if I wanted to be different, which I will be in terms of favorites, I am going to go Giannis. What do we always talk about with Giannis and why he'd never get another one because he didn't win the title monkeys off their back. The bucks are going to mow people down. He looks awesome. Uh, He looks totally locked in and ready for a really big season. He, he walks into a 30 and 10, honestly, uh, at this point of his career, it's, it's easy for him, even when he's not making outside shots. And so there's gonna be so many teams that aren't gonna be able to guard him night to night. And, you know, we both like Brooklyn's and Milwaukee's over. So I don't think that either of these teams are gonna be at all limited by team success. Um, which means, let me go with the with the counterpart. I think it could be a two man race. The guy I really wanted to go with was Embiid again, but the Simmons stuff threw yeah. me off so much that I just, exactly. it's too it's too uncertain to know what that team's going to look like. And you know, they have to win at least fifty, fifty two, maybe more games uh, to compete with the guys at the top who are going to have the production and the wins. Yep, I agree. And who's your long shot? I'll tell you mine after yours. My long shot. And this is this – I honestly feel like they're better than they should be. My long shot is Donovan Mitchell. Oh, that
0: was mine. I knew it. <laughs> I had a feeling. Take AD.
1: No, I'm not taking – I'm sticking
0: with Donovan. Anyways, give me the case.
1: Donovan Mitchell, I thought, really ascended to a special place in the last two postseasons. In the regular season, he's regular star, borderline superstar. In the last two postseasons, he's really felt like a superstar. If we think this team is going to be as good as we do, I think the narrative that this is a Gobert-led team has now shifted. Um, even if he's got the advanced metrics darlings like in his pocket, and John Hollinger voted him second in MVP last year, like aside from that, I think everyone pretty much is aware that poker or the Mitchell is their best player, and when they win 55, 56 games, he's going to be seen in that light especially if he can get to 70, 75 games played. Last year, he had the ankle injury, which knocked him out. You know, in the MVP race, we saw availability was basically the biggest factor. Um, so if he can get to 70, 75 games, 25 to 30 points a game, you know, pretty good defense all around basketball. I think he's got a great shot at 30 to one.
0: I love it. All the reasons you said, right? And I, I mean, I'm the one who picked over lock for Utah. If you're one seed and you can get that close to that 30 point mark that you have a good case. So uh, I think it's definitely in play for him. That, that's a nice 35 to one. You said
1: 35, 30 to one,
0: 30 to one. So
1: AD at 35 to one is also tasty. Um, he's going to be a big part mm-hmm. of the offense and the Lakers are going to be awesome. Yep. Um, what I, what I've seen tonight and even in the preseason, they're featuring him a lot. They're trying to get him a lot of looks, getting him comfortable. And so that's going to lead to big numbers and 35 to one almost feels low, uh, for AD, given that they're expected to be at the top of the West and he's an elite player, right? He's already been elite. Like you're expecting a Booker or Mitchell to send to that level. AD's already been living at that level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually a good candidate too,
1: especially, yeah. I mean, one
0: game sample size, he
1: looked good tonight. <laughs> I've made like 17 observations that I've been <laughs> extrapolated to the rest of the season. Um, All right, let's go through the rest quickly. Defensive player of the year, who do you like? Bam. Just because I don't want to pick Rudy Gobert again, I'm tired. Tired of Rudy Gobert. So Bam's Um, Kyrie, he's defending against the vaccine mandate (laughs) better than we've seen uh, anybody. Now, I think Bam makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go – I didn't give AD the MVP. I'm going to try to lock him in for for defensive player of the year. He's got all the skills, and I think he's going to be right there at the end of the year. Again, if he can stay on the court. All All right. Rookie, Rookie, who do you have? Rookie, I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with Jalen Suggs. I think that Green will probably put up the best counting stats, but I think it's gonna be a little like Edwards last year where the efficiency is erratic and he's gonna get dinged for, you know, twenty points on twenty shots and that type of performance um and most of these rookies are playing on teams that are going to be downright horrific the top to the top end at least obviously that's how it works with the draft um last year the charlotte hornets were a little bit better right than people thought which is what prop mellow up i don't think the magic are going to be better than people think i just think he's going to have a really nice year and he's going to play a lot and get a lot of minutes and touches and point guards are going to you know always get the most shots and assists and that type of thing yeah i thought about Suggs. uh I'm going to go Jalen Green just because
0: I think Suggs also is sharing, you know, Faults is also there. You got a couple of their guards. So maybe the opportunity, he doesn't get as many shots up. Jalen Green's got complete, complete green light. So I'm I'm going to go with him.
1: It's going to be, I can't wait for that rocket thunder to hit. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> uh, also quickly, Russell Westbrook tonight, uh, oh, just- eight points. Eight points, four of thirteen, four turnovers, minus twenty six on the court.
0: So, oh yeah, I mean, it's not like we didn't predict it.
1: There's that. Um well we also both took the Lakers a comfortable over. So all right, what's next? Uh sixth man of the year. Who do you like?
0: I got Derek Rose. Um I th- I think he's been he's been good these last couple seasons. I know this usually goes to the volume score, like Jordan Clarkson got it last year. I just think the Knicks are going to be even better this year, and it's going to be kind of – everyone wants to see Rose succeed. He's going to get it.
1: I really like Rose in this. Um, I just wasn't sure on his age and what's going to happen. So I went with the newly paid Kayvon Herter. Um They don't start him. They start Bogdanovich, I think, when they're all healthy with DeAndre Hunter. So if he gets enough – bench performances then he should be in this running. If he ends up starting a bunch, obviously this is void, but I like Herter here. I think he's the perfect sixth man for a team that's gonna score a lot. He's gonna be asked to do a lot with that second unit and Atlanta's gonna be really, really good. That's a good one. yeah All right. So then we have coach or most improved. Let's do most improved first. I got
0: Jordan Poole and this is before tonight's game and he actually played really well tonight too. So um He was good in the preseason. He flashed even last season. I just think with Clay out for a while, um, someone needs to step up and take that scoring burden. And he just seems like the most likely candidate on that roster. And so just from a natural scoring jump, I think he's going to be most approved.
1: Yep. Considered pool. I'm going back to my Blacksburg roots with the Pelicans guard, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, especially early on with Zion out. He's going to be asked to do a lot. Um, I think that's going to lead to some good and some bad, but I just think he's going to get a lot of time on the court. They have high hopes for him. Um, he's a really good facilitator. He can shoot the three like you talked about. He has a weird weird release, but pretty efficient, high 30s, low 40s kind of pr- production and potential. Um, and I think he's going to act as a secondary playmaker along with Ingram, so he could have, you know, a 15 points, five, six assists type thing, which from his past two years would be a big jump um so it, there's always different kinds of awards like last year randall went from never being an all-star to being all nba so yeah. if someone comes out like that obviously you know they'll they'll take precedence but i don't know who that looks like right now um can you think of anyone i guess who who could have a randall type jump
0: Ooh, I,
1: no but you
0: maybe not randall type because all nba's but you know michael porter jr like yeah. if he made
1: an all-star team this year would you be totally surprised like no, I wouldn't be. I mean, I he's on a max deal. It's that's the expectation, right? Yeah. And what what is that
0: quote? It's like success or something is when talent meets he opportunity. Opportunity, like He's that, got right? them both. He's got them both. So,
1: what about a guy like um, Jalen Brown, who did make his first All Star team last year, but is kind of a cut below uh, those those wings in even the young wings? I don't think he's thought of in that in that class in the Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal. You know, Jason He'd have Tatum-ish. to surpass Tatum
0: and become better than Tatum to then for us to see like, oh, wow, he's really taking a leap. And, and that's
1: just not like – That's not
0: game. happening. So even if he massively improves, if Tatum's still better, it doesn't feel like he would win that award.
1: Okay. Fair. Um, one guy I was going to say just from a production standpoint might be SGA, but I just don't think that they're going to be <laughs> so No bad. one's going to take that team seriously. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just not even going to bring that up. um All right. Coach of the year.
0: I got Nate McMillan. I think the Hawks will take another step forward this season. Um, they could finish the top three seed, and he couldn't win it last year because he kind of took over in the middle of the season. So I think this could be a good year for them to kind of recognize that.
1: Yep, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let me go with um, Wes Unseld Jr. No, I don't. <laughs> I <won't. laughs> How about this? Chauncey Billups, first-year head coach in Portland. Okay. We... We both like that the Blazers team, if they can sneak out to even getting to 50 wins and really be in the top four, get home court advantage for a team that a lot of people thought would be in the play-in mix. You know, I could see him getting some buzz just because of the job he did, and especially if they played differently than they were under Stotts.
0: That's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, because if they do take any kind of a leap, he's going to get credit for for that because this team has looked the same under stats for so long. Right. Uh, I would like that. Yeah.
1: All right. So conference finals matchups, who moves on and then who ultimately will p- hoist the two t- 2022 Larry O'Brien trophy. So I've got Lakers jazz in the
0: Western conference finals, Lakers winning in six. I've got the nets and bucks rematch nets winning in seven. And then I have the Lakers and Nets with the Nets winning in six
1: in the NBA Finals. Which, imagine if that was a road game and Kyrie was able to play and close LeBron out in L.A. They just, be- let's say they recan and decide they need him for even road games. That Is be- it you that was telling me what if the Nets just tanked for... Like the sixth seed, so they could be on the road throughout the playoffs and get game sevens where no. we could play. <laughs> I, did, I did not suggest that. No, that's that's ridiculous. I like that yeah. idea. Obviously, I was a big fan of it. Um, <laughs> so mine was Lakers versus the Mavericks. Lakers wow. win. Lakers okay. win in five, and then Nets Bucks. Bucks win in seven, and Bucks beat the Lakers in six for a okay. repeat title. Okay, I just think that we're forgetting the continuity and how much how valuable it is. Um, Lakers have so many new pieces. Again, they have the whole season to work through it. Um, but the the Bucks don't have to do anything. Like they have the same coach. They have the same team. Now the Nets have the situation where like Kyrie, like I watched tonight, and again they're gonna be fine. But KD and Harden, and maybe this is, should have factored into the calculus yesterday because you took the under on them, right? So, on, on who? On the Nets. Yeah, yeah, you went under on the Nets, yeah, yeah. and I just didn't factor in how hard they are going to have to work every night to get shots for everyone else. Yep. Um, And that's going to be a problem, I think, when – and they don't have anybody to guard Giannis. And they don't have anybody to guard Embiid, and they still haven't addressed that from last year. So who knows? Like with Kyrie, they just had so much firepower, it didn't matter. But now they're they're a little bit more mortal. There two can – LeBron and AD versus Duran and Harden are not – insane like that's kind of the same you know um, so it's not the advantage that it was when they had all three of those dudes Kyrie's going to be back we can't I, I just I don't see any how, scenario what? you think he's
0: just going to get vaccinated because they're not going to change the rule probably so he's going to get vaccinated he... yeah, yeah he's going to get vaccinated man he's already started like, but he has to miss a couple games so it doesn't look like he like completely folded before the season even started yeah. it's all a show man it's all a show he'll be back I'm New assuming York you don't have, Bucks... have to get one shot you don't even have to get both yeah, I'm I'm assuming they're going to have
1: a healthy Kyrie or, you know, a full healthy squad against the Bucks. So if that's the case, then I reserve the right to change. But I'm kind of under the assumption that I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to go with he's. Well, I
0: mean, you had it, the you know? Nets probably penciled in before tonight's game. And then after watching that Giannis performance, you're like, ah, uh, scratch. They beat the off. shit
1: out of him, man. That was scary to watch. Hey, but sometimes night ones can tell you a lot. Last year, the Nets killed the Warriors. Remember?
0: Yeah, but that has literally not, nothing to do and with anything.
1: Like, all right, this is kind of the direction for both teams, and that's what it was. Warriors missed the playoffs. Nets were a foot, six inches away from you know maybe winning a title.
0: I feel like LeBron loses the opener every year, like his team has won the championship. So I,
1: I specifically mentioned yesterday he is out of this analysis because he does it on purpose, but although he actually went,
0: there. he went ham today and the rest of the team disappointed him. I mean, him yeah, and him, it doesn't look good when him and AD are putting up games like that. And they can't, they
1: can't, I had this away. crazy parlay that involved Russ needing 10 assists. And he was, once I saw him playing off ball with Rondo, I was like, this is fucked, <laughs> but all right, we have gone on too long. That's a wrap. We will be back next week to talk about the first week of action in the NBA. Um, this was a lot of fun. Over/unders are complete for yet another season. We'll actually have Kush's answers when we do this. Um, when you do this recap at the end of the season, yep. we didn't get his like a, a one one sentence analysis this time around, but we'll have him to review his responses along with ours uh, in April. So he crushed us last year; it should be said. So we'll. We're, we're, I guess it's on us to try to rebound. <laughs> but all right. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Thick and Thin Hoops. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Thick Thin Hoops. We will talk to you next week and have a great first week of the 75th anniversary NBA season.